Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Your Fest, the podcast that's all about festivals. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples. I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host, Tommy Stewart. Welcome along. Hi, mate. Thanks for welcoming me along. And I also nearly forgot your name, which isn't a good sign for the first episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anybody that's not listened before, and um, which is everybody that's listening, do you want to give a brief explainer of what this podcast is all about? Yeah, it is your fest which is your dream festival basically each week we'll have a different guest to go through their three headliners of any place any time and this week our first guest for your fest is reese james reese is a stand-up comic you've probably seen him on mock the week because he's got basically got a residency on there at the moment um he's also got his own podcast called early work where he invites different guests to talk about the earliest work that they they can remember um there was a really good episode that me and Tommy listened to with Tom Rosenthal, um, where he talks about rap and cricket, which is two of Tommy's loves, which I think is quite apparent in this episode of the podcast <laughs> as well. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, we we had quite well. You'll see in the episode how it kind of how it pans out, but we we seem to agree on a lot of things, and also definitely would recommend that podcast that Johnny just rec- recommended. Um, that particular episode with Tom Ro- Rosenthal because it is absolutely hilarious. We're not here to promote other podcasts, so should we get into ours? <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. This is episode one of Your Fest with Reese James. Hello, and welcome to the Your Fest planning committee to Reese James. Welcome along, Reese. Hello, thank you for having me. It's all right. I sort of get the impression that you might have done, uh, been on a planning committee before, possibly for like a school dance or something <laughs> along those lines. I don't know if you ever have. It's the sort of vibe that I get a little bit. Yeah, I'm the sort of person who would have definitely like put my name down to be on that and then refused to do any of the actual work. I was sort of in um, very much a young enterprise type kid <laughs> who's just like in a big team of 10 who believes themselves to be an entrepreneur. And then obviously, as soon as it comes to, can you actually sort this and phone up this venue and do that? And I just go, oh, sorry, but I didn't get that text. <laughs> That's my vibe. They're the, they're, they're the worst people at uni as well, you know, you know, in groups at uni when you... when Don't do the project. Yeah, one person's carrying the whole team and everyone gets oh, the yeah. same grade. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly wasn't the carrier. The kind of person that gets to like week eight of The Apprentice without anybody knowing who they are or what they've done. Oh, and then... absolute background fodder on The Apprentice. <laughs> absolutely my skill set of just like, yeah, drift into the background, hope Lord Sugar doesn't notice, have an absolute shocker in the boardroom week eight, and then not be funny on your fired. That's my vibe. <laughs> Let's be honest, going off his Twitter output, there is a lot of things that Lord Sugar doesn't notice. So I think you'd be quite safe going off I've never there. seen anyone read a room worse than Lord Sugar at the moment. <laughs> I mean, the, the reading Christ. of the room Lord Sugar's doing during a pandemic when loads of people are out of work and lost their jobs as he posts about his new private jet is frankly unacceptable. <laughs> and his giant TV, he posts so much about his oh, jet. Gi- well, Whenever he's watching anything on television, he has like... I don't know what it must be. It's out of inches and into feet, the size of his TV. And he just stands pointing at whatever's on the television. Um, So he might be pointing at, you know, the daily news briefing at the moment, talking about how... He has very live, laugh, love energy, like of a kind of in a more aggressive sense. It would be like business phrases, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. You know, in the office, how Michael Scott has that quote on the board of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like he would have that and then dash Lord Sugar, like an extra layer of quoting <laughs> to somehow play this as his own. Given the puns he does on The Apprentice, how laboured they are, the, the phrases he'll have emblazoned on his wall is pathetic. You've done TV writing. Have you ever been asked to, to write for Lord Sugar? <laughs> No, I absolutely wish I had been. I would have changed the game. I mean, it's, there's no more puns. There's just gags about what people look like. I'd have turned it into roast battle, I think. <laughs> just, I'd, have been, I'd have been roasting Karen and Claude nonstop. <laughs> he'd just be a, he'd be a national treasure by now as well, maybe. Yeah, if he didn't just... Uh, they're, they're just, just such bad puns, isn't it? Ev- on everyone's name or just like crap business. It's almost like... Also, because I love how on The Apprentice... I mean, it's, what's this podcast about? Is it about The Apprentice? But I love how on The Apprentice... When, <laughs> They're always like, um, they go to the most random place before the task that has nothing to do with the task. It'll be be like, they'll be in an art gallery. They'll meet at the fucking Saatchi gallery at 2am. And then he'll be like, many of this art is from Italy. This week you're doing pizza making. It's like, why have we gone to a fucking gallery, you maniac? I like the ones where he doesn't even show up. He just does like, you know, yeah. where he's like the, what's his name from the Power Rangers just appears on a giant screen and it's like Cla- Claude and uh, Zod- Karen are like, yeah, and then Claude and Karen are like Alpha, just like trying to boss them around a little bit. It's the same as uh, Hell's Kitchen as well. He does the exact same thing, Gordon Ramsay, where they, they'll just, uh, he'll, he'll, take them to Las Vegas to they'll have to go on a some sort of zip wire across two buildings and it'll just they'll be like right now it's we're cooking a chicken because they fly like uh, you were just 10 minutes ago oh my god oh great (laughs) tv producers have gone too far that's just producers trying to justify their job surely I think we've written ourselves out of either having Lord Sugar or Gordon Ramsay on this podcast so they were two of our (laughs) two of our high hopes as well no disrespect to Ramsey. I, I fucking love Ramsey. <laughs> are you are you a fan of uh, getting back to the topic of music festivals, which is essentially what this uh, podcast is supposed to be about? Are you are you a fan of live music and music festivals? Uh, I hate music festivals so much. I hate all festivals of any kind. Well, actually, no, no. Wait, does that include that Edinburgh? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't like. I hate music festivals. I don't. I don't really like Edinburgh Festival either. I mean, I like the idea of Edinburgh Festival, and I like going there as a visitor. But given that it's so often the most stressful time of my life, and I have some, I have some good memories of the Edinburgh Festival. But I have some fucking awful ones as well. So <laughs> it doesn't hold up. Music festivals, I find hard work for so many different reasons. But just like no, I would never be a. If I go to a music festival now, it's because I'm on the um, maligned comedy stage of it. Uh, trying to compete with a massive drum beat. I fucking played Reading Festival last year. And, you know, often festivals are difficult because you've got to compete with, like, the noise from the main stage or whatever. This one, I was almost inaudible because of the noise from the Smirnoff truck next door. It was just pumping out dance music, and it's right next to the stage. And all you could hear is... And then me just trying to get some shit punchlines out to a bunch of people in bucket hats. They're embarrassing festivals. They're a disgrace. <laughs> Not anything to do with them. Thanks for having me on. I, I saw a comedy set at Red in 2010, which was, the same, I think, the same year. Um, it was like Guns N' Roses, Blink-182, um, so The Strokes or something headline. But one afternoon, so what would I have been, 20? Do you remember Angelos, Epithenia? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stars. It's the most bizarre thing. Just watched him and, like, 
two in the afternoon we just hammered and all you could hear was limp biscuit on the main stage and we were all really into shooting stars <laughs> And we're trying to watch Angelo Sepadini like walk round with a carrier back, and just couldn't hear a fucking word that he was saying. Oh, they're so hard to play, and like to be, that's why I associate. I have been. I, I went when I was a teenager to Reading Festival when I was sixteen, I think. Uh, post, yeah, it was post GCSEs. A bunch of people went to Newquay, and me and a couple of mates opted to go to Reading Festival with some strangers. Um, <laughs> not strangers. We we with with another mate, and then his mates who I didn't know. Um, and we did not click. Um, and we were staying in this. And we were staying in this massive, like twelve-man tent, one of these fuck-off things, like all these different sections. And on the first night, I'm 16. I was so green and such a fucking home county's mummy's boy loser that I go to this festival. Also, we could only get tickets if we got the tickets where you had to get the coach from London, um, oh, which shit. meant that it took I've, so much longer to get there than it should. Yeah, and also like I had to go into London, get this coach with all this stuff. Coach takes hours for inexplicably, and then you get there and then like it doesn't really park in the festival. So then you're trudging, trying to find a tent, which is hard enough because it's all tents famously. And then on the first night, oh. I remember getting up and going for a piss. Everyone had like gone to bed. I was getting up to go for a piss and then I, this is in the days pre phone torches and maps and all that sort of stuff. And I uh, went to this ditch to go to the toilet and then I, it was like 4am and then it was just like, I was just lost. I was just nowhere near. It was pitch black. And I just remember being like, so I was so scared. It's one of the most scared I've ever been in my life. Just try, just going, well, there's no, the, the fact there's a flag on the top of this tent doesn't help me in the dark. <laughs> it's like desperately trying to, I'm thinking, Oh, I'm just gonna have to walk around till the morning and then hope I find my friends. But uh, it was fucking awful. It took about an hour and a half. Eventually, I found it again. But I was terrified. It's essentially like Lord of the Flies, I think, Redden and Leeds. It's, it's, it's absolute chaos. Because I, I went... I, the first one I went to, I was 20. And that's quite old, really, to go. Because everyone goes after their GCSEs. But I lived next to v, v Festival, where I grew up. But the fire. I was just so, so shocked by all the fire. People just oh, setting things just on fire. Bonfires. It stinks. Yeah, all the camping just stinks of flames. It's ridiculous. It's so smoky at all times. It's like what I imagine when a when a 45-year-old watched Skins and they thought, <laughs> um, this, is what, this is what all young people are like every day when they go to the park or whatever. It, that's inaccurate. Until you go to Reading Festival and you go, yes, this is an old person's <laughs> idea of Skins. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is what yeah. the writers of skins think young people are this is actually <laughs> accurate when i went to uh, speaking of fires when i went to leeds festival on the last morning we lit a bonfire and all the tinned goods that we had left over that we hadn't eaten everyone put one on the fire and we all put money in a pot and whoever's exploded first got all the money it was uh oh no nice. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say had to eat it no no just uh just we were we were we were more concerned with uh wages than food at that point what, I think, uh, what, what which one which one won I, I have a funny feeling spaghetti hoops might have won so if you're uh, if oh, you plan on doing similar back, back the spaghetti <laughs> yeah. hoops john yeah, mccurrick says of, back the spaghetti hoops. full of e-numbers bound to explode <laughs> <laughs> so apart from hating music festival have you been to reading have you been to any others yeah uh loads of them from playing them um been to Leeds. we played leeds this last year as well uh or two years ago when i played reading i only did reading because i wanted to watch rex orange county perform live because i'm a fan of his and he wasn't doing a tour and nice. so i said no and i'd been saying no to reading for years and years and then he tweeted that he was doing it like the day i got the email saying do you want to do it and i said can i be on can my set finish half an hour before this man's set begins and they were <laughs> like yep yeah, fine 
and then he moved it and then i moved mine (laughs) (laughs) he moved his set and i saw so i just got in touch and said i need to move to this time and they're just like oh fine and so (laughs) i just literally went solely so that i could watch him and then if you do reading you kind of they kind of make you do leads so i went and did leads uh and again in leads i was on just before him but on leads i went to on my own uh whereas reading i went with my girlfriend so i went on my own and it was pissing down it was horrible so the comedy tent was packed but i followed up (laughs) i was on in leads in between lee nelson and harry hill and lee nelson (laughs) just crowd surfed like he he just crowd surfed for half an hour and he literally he went on he immediately jumped into the crowd crowd surfed for half an hour with a microphone kind of commenting on what people look like while he crowd surfed past them but not really saying much then he got back on stage and then i went on and did really normal comedy <laughs> was like really jokey normal setup punchline stuff and then harry hill went on and did loads of mad shit with props and i so didn't suit the environment i mean i'm so not a festival comic i'm such a normal comedian. i mean i i so i'm not appropriate and then obviously latitude loads of times and latitude actually is great for comedy lots of you has a great comedy tent that's massive and is one of the main features it maybe it's the third biggest stage whereas normally comedy stage is like a crap bit of the corner <laughs> that everyone goes to because they're too high um, getting drowned out by the smirnoff truck and you're getting drowned smaller out by the smirnoff crowd truck, but the latitude just... is good for sound like there's really they have really good lineups um it's a coveted thing to do to play that comedy stage that was really exciting doing that comedy stage but still i remember once going to latitude because i was playing the comedy stage and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I always hate festivals. I never approach it right. I'm going to do this right this time. And the main thing I hate about it is the camping. So I'll just take that out of the equation. I'll book a bit in the premium camping bit where you get the t- your tent's already up. Like it's not my tent. There's just a tent that's already there. It's big and it's got a bed in it, like an air bed in it. And everything's just ready. And then you get this premium like shower area and all that sort of stuff. And I went there and I found that tent. I went in it. And I still left at 6 a.m. the next day and went home. I was still just <laughs> really? like, I woke up the next day and was like, nope, hate this. Goodbye. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, oh, it's still a tent. I mean, I'm still boiling. This is awful. Was it comfortable, like the bed? Because I've, I've always thought if I, if I, I went through like my whole 20s, I went to festivals all the time. And I've always thought if I, if I go against Glastonbury or whatever, then I'd, I'd have to do it that way. Because it kind of grossed me out now. I didn't used to care about it, but suddenly the last couple of years it has. I think I didn't go far enough. Like, I think you can get those yurts that have an actual bed in it, or you can get those yes. ones, those like wood cabin things. They're obviously really expensive, but I think they're the ones that are like, oh, that's what takes you out of the festive experience. If you're just booking a tent, it's still a tent. <laughs> so it's still <laughs> camping. It's much nicer. And like the area is like, you've got your own space and like, everything's sorted out. And obviously it's a posher area with better food and, like washing facilities but still i was just like no i mean i don't like festivals because i don't like i mean i can't start a day without having a shower and it's not a shower whether you think it is or not at a festival it's it's a shower in the same way running through a sprinkler is a shower it's not anything (laughs) and i don't want to walk back to a tent in a towel with strangers judging me (laughs) i just don't want any of this I can't relax. And I don't like being in a crowd when I'm watching it, when I'm at a music gig anyway. I, I would never be the sort of person who's in the middle at the front. So then what's the point? No. What's the point in going? I'm just... No, it's literally, there's literally nothing left, like, unless, you, unless you really like the food. <laughs> yeah, I love... I only eat cuisine from vans as well. So, <laughs> that's the, so, so I go. And that's how I go all the time. Your festival um, 
that you're planning here what sort yeah. of thought process went into picking who you're picking uh i kind of i can tell you one by one the thought process i don't think i don't know if there's an overall thought process but there is if for individual artists there's certain reasons so and i they do have specific days as well i have given them the days to make this a, so it's a three-day festival like to classic yeah um classic. i presume those are the rules does it have to yeah. be a three-day festival yeah oh, right. it's okay. up to you what days it is though whether it's friday saturday sunday saturday sunday monday go rogue and do tuesday ah, wednesday I thursday thought about that yeah, maybe I will do choose. Maybe I'll do Wednesday and then the following Wednesday, and then the following <laughs> <laughs> just to avoid camping. Um, no, I'll do I'll do a classic. Uh, I'll do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Got Sunday to recover then. Sunday recovery day, travel home. Um, so day one, I'm going for my headliner as Arctic Monkeys, just after album two. So very know, specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I want early Alex Turner. I don't want Alex Turner when he became a lounge singer who rewords Byron poetry. I want the <laughs> early days, Sheffield working class lad talking about taxis, talking about Malibu and Coke and Umbro track tops. I don't oh, want man. anyone talking about um Doth My Bequest, bollocks. Fucking sort <laughs> I want your hair over your th- I want you to have a fringe, right? None of this little, one little bit dropping down like Superman. Nonsense. Stop slicking it back, you maniac. Original Alex <laughs> Turner. But I'm going post-album two on the basis that there's a couple of bangers that would be appropriate for a headline set on that second album. I want him to play the whole first album. I want Arctic Monkeys to do the whole of whatever people say I am. That's what I'm not. All of it. And then a couple of little, fl- chuck, in, chuck in Fluorescent Adolescent and a couple of others. Uh, 505, all that sort of stuff. They, they can go in from that second album. But I don't, care about anything more recent than that i know that makes me sound like an absolute twat but this is the time when i was into the arts monkeys when i was a teenager it basically is me trying to recapture any semblance of youth by being like that was you know ringtones they were my ringtone oh i was young and happy. <laughs> it's quite um i'm 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 kind of surprised but also i, I totally get it um it, but that's that's kind of the the dark fruits twitter vibes isn't it like oh they're shit they're shit after uh Shit yeah. after album two. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Dark Fruits Twitter is quite festival Twitter to me, but uh, I'm not a Dark Fruits fan either, which is, again, makes festivals difficult um, in that plastic cup you pay a deposit for. Unbelievable. But uh, yes, it is certainly. There's a real Arctic Monkeys undertone to that Dark Fruits Twitter. And, <laughs> oh God, I can't believe I'm speaking. Oh, speaking on behalf of Dark Fruits Twitter, I must say. Um, <laughs> the official spokesperson. <laughs> that's just the glory days. For me, That's, and it's obviously just because I was a teenager. That must be why. I'd like, I'd like, Johnny. What, what I'd like you to examine this first because I've got a lot to think about as a um, someone who's seen Arctic Monkeys fifteen times throughout their career. Ah, sorry, I didn't realise I was walking into a hornet's nest. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I'm, I'm thinking if it's live. Um, I, I mean, I've got a bloody Arctic Monkeys tattoo for fuck's sake, and that's from the third album. Um, but, oh god oh god no no no, no. Oh, i've got I'm, a dark I'm, fruits tattoo i regret that man. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm thinking um like live wise i'd probably agree with you though I've, I've, just, like, that first, first just in terms of headline i'm thinking in terms of like headline set what you need is stagecraft this is back in the day when he would give it a bit more 
rather yeah. he was, he's very static now which is fair enough i mean you've got to evolve as an artist but he's very uh static and also songs you can a mix of like mostly songs that the crowd will know the words to and maybe i'm wrong maybe you know most people do know the words to the most recent stuff but i'd say you everyone knows the words to those like imagine the opening night of a festival bet you look good on the dance floor like that opening the headline set on the opening night it'd be fucking amazing I don't know. It's just to yeah. me, it's, that's the era where it's the most headline set of a festival appropriate compared to some of the slower, newer stuff. What are your thoughts on Arctic Monkeys, Johnny, as a, as a metal fan? <laughs> we've, been, we've, we've spoken about this before. Me and Tommy have spoken about my uh, lack of real knowledge around the Arctic Monkeys, but I absolutely love the uh, Alex Turner submarine soundtrack. which mm. is, I think, the sandwich between the two ends of his um, archaic sort of Arctic monkey style and then his bohemian Arctic monkey style. So sure. I'm, sort of I'm a fan of that as well, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to hear it on the pyramid stage. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just everyone be quiet. Everyone be quiet. I want to listen to him. Get in touch with my emotions. Imagine I'm Richard Ayoade directing this. And... Reese, have, have you seen them live? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, you would oh, know really? the answer to that, wouldn't you? I'm wondering, because I, I think they probably did play Reading that year that I was there, but they would have been pretty new on some side stage. So there's a chance I would have tried to pile into the back of some Radio yeah. 1 tent and kind of heard bits of it, but not really. But no, I haven't been to see them live properly. Did you download it all? Did you guys like download it on LimeWire? That's how I first heard of them. Like literally I just, I read, so, like, yeah. I read one thing in the anime and then... Um, and then before, like a year before the album came out, everything, pretty much every song that ended up being on the album was on LimeWire. Yeah, it just, there's so, every song on the album is fucking great. And the album sense, tells yeah. such a story. And there's like, even the slower ones, you want it, I want to hear Riot Van at the yeah. festival. I mean, I want to hear it yeah. right now. So rolls a Riot Van and sparks excitement in the boys. But the policemen look annoyed. Perhaps these are ones they should avoid. But I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it at a festival. I think they would just do, they would do it justice. I don't really know what Arctic Monkey was would do with the visuals. You've seen them live. I haven't. But at a festival, would they use it really? But it does sort well, of. If they're just doing that first album, it doesn't matter that much. They didn't. They didn't. Those first two albums, because I saw them. A, um, a few times around that time they didn't yeah they didn't they pretty much just I think their first headline Glastonbury set when they were I, I think they'd only released the first album maybe they're in between the two and maybe they'd released a couple of singles off the second but it's literally just him in a Berghuis jacket and like Adidas Sambas and no backdrop whatsoever like just <laughs> like the odd light but the music just spoke for itself yeah exactly maybe that's the exact era that I'm looking for maybe I should just watch that set <laughs> really, I should have, should have done some research, I suppose. I didn't know it existed. Dizzy Rascal, Dizzy Rascal came on with them as well. Yeah. 
There you go. See that thinking about who they collab with. That's the dream. Who's good? Who's their surprise guest going to be? Oh, is it going to be Chris Martin? Because he appears in everyone's fucking set. <laughs> so this is the long running Reese James versus Chris Martin. Slash, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone else beef I'll that's been bubbling under. <laughs> um, in terms of Arctic Monkeys, you've, you've touched up. Would you just literally want them to play that entire set? Is there no recent stuff that you'd want them to sort of touch on? Um, you know what, I'd, if, if they decided, lads, if they suddenly announced, this is a new one, and I've not ever heard it, so it's not even on one of the new albums, they just go, here's a brand new one, I'll accept it. I don't mind that every now and then, but I just want mainly that album and like three or four songs from album two, and that's it. That's my cutoff point. I don't dislike the songs. I just don't think they're relevant. I don't think they're appropriate for this. So if they're saying this is a new one, you're not getting everyone to throw their cans of dark fruits at the stage. <laughs> they can have one new one. They'll let them have one new one. <laughs> Touching on the, the lack of um, sort of theatrics, which one of the reasons that I love um, metal and stuff like that is the whole theatrical side of it. I just remember when I, You Look Good on the Dance Floor, that video came out and that was the least theatrical video i can it was literally just them in a half empty half put together studio just playing and i think that gives the the whole vibe of what they're all about and sort of addresses the whole doesn't give you any yeah. airs or graces no nonsense get yeah, it done i think that was um god i'm the more episodes we do i'm gonna sound like such a art monkeys nerd and it's quite tragic but I th- yeah i think that was they recorded that in made of made of ale and it's not even it's not even the audio it's not the recorded track that is literally just a live version just one take of them doing it and they're all just they're all just in fred perry's aren't they just fred like fred perry yeah, Polos those days back when that was their fashion and they <laughs> did just look like they were dressed for a fight on a night out i mean who get who writes songs about the light in a taxi that tells you the door's locked i mean that's fucking mental and i respect it so much <laughs> It's like an extension. It's an extension of the streets. That's why. Yeah. How I... Well, the streets came very close to taking this uh, headline slot. Make yourself at home. We got diesel or some of that homegrown. Sit back in your throne. Turn off your phone because this is our zone. Videos, televisions, 64s, playstations, Web Henry with precision, a few of those and a bit of bent. The streets Ooh. are headlining a second stage for me. The streets are so close to being this headliner. Uh, the streets is like. Streets are maybe the band that mean the most to me, but they, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I went to see the Streets on the reunion tour last year and it was great, Yeah. but it doesn't lend itself to a live festival experience as much as Arctic Monkeys, just for genre wise, just because, I don't know, it's just hard to translate that sort of stuff. They were, they were fantastic, but uh, also, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the crowd, I certainly don't want to be in the middle of that fucking crowd. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I saw when I went to Leeds Festival, uh, the streets played, um, but Mike Skinner was, I think, about forty-five minutes late onto the stage, and it was left to Colin Murray to try and, um, you know, calm uh, the crowd down and sing all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just God, Colin Murray saying that's proper rank. That tastes like hairspray. <laughs> that's what I want to see. <laughs> You can put Colin Murray covering the streets onto. He can be the special guest on the second stage with the streets. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have. I'll have the streets and he's late, and Colin Murray sings <laughs> half the songs. That's that's my headliner on the second stage. Uh, were you into any of the other? Me and, me and Tommy have talked about this before as well, because obviously you, you've probably learned that Tommy loves the Arctic Monkeys. Were you into any of the other Sheffield 
like a based bands. There was like Milburn and Little Man Tate and Little a few others. I saw Little Man Tate at that Reading Festival when I was a teenager. I like Little Man Tate. I was never into Milburn. Um, that era around this first album that and that first festival for me was like, the big things were like the Kooks. Yeah. They're not Sheffield, I know, but like the Kooks were massive and like um, Pigeon Detectives <laughs> yes. and bands like that. And actually Pigeon Detectives, at that festival, Pigeon Detectives, like that was the most, that was the busiest I saw anything. Is when the um, right. except for like a headliner on a main stage on any side stage, pigeon detectives, it was like overflowing like times three, like you couldn't get near it. I was like, for the fucking pigeon detective, <laughs> I mean, it's mental, a fucking in between us band. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how, I don't know how they were so popular, but also I was a teenager and I was massively into them. And then like other things were like get cape, wear cape, fly. People were, yeah, that was my first gig. People were really into them. Yeah. Um, Oh, I went to see God. I went to see Get Kate Wear Kate Fly uh, four months ago, and he was. Uh, <laughs> oh really? Very, very nice. Um, I've asked him. Sam to Duckworth it. is it? Yeah, Sam Duckworth. Is I tried try to get Sam Duckworth on, so I might have to cut the bit of uh, <laughs> Reese. He said, "I remember at Reading, he said, no, I was a huge fan. I, at Reading, he, I went to see him, and then afterwards he came. Obviously, I was a teenager, so I didn't really understand that. Like, it's just a bloke who <laughs> is just now going to go around the festival." Um, and then he came out after and he walked past and me and my mate were like oh, he's, oh my god it's, he's there so they went over and just like we just watched you say it. it was great and he was like oh cheers man and then oh, I'm so embarrassed about this but he just went hey can I just check that a second and I was wearing one of those fucking lanyards that has the lineup and all the schedule on it <laughs> and he just looked at it to check when his favourite band were going to be on he was like, oh yeah I'm going to go watch and then he just like looked at it I just stood there while him and his mate were just like looking at my necklace the lineup <laughs> just reading it and i'm just standing there looking up at him like thanks mister it was so pathetic i um i went to see Fran- franz nikolai who's the accordion player in the hold steady i don't know if you like the like the hold steady but um, yeah, I, know, I went to see him live and he's from uh, like new england but brought up in brooklyn and everything and he's really very like brooklyn and uh, he came off stage and he was he was manning his own merch stand and i went up to him oh that was a cracking set pal that was brilliant and he just sort of went like uh Thanks. <laughs> I've never heard anyone from Lancashire like you're actually cracking a cracking set. Cracking set, pal. Oh, he, he must have thought that the audio was fucked. <laughs> was my accordion not in tune? Was that one? <laughs> have you got a dream location for the festival, Reese? Yeah, my location is um, relevant to the name of the festival as well. So, okay. should we do them together? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Often festivals. Are- named after the location yeah most of the time like well, not all the time because we've all been to latitude uh just <laughs> most, of, most of the time yeah exactly <laughs> it has a latitude to be fair to it um reading leeds glastonbury others burning man <laughs> um but and also so you bet maybe maybe 10 years ago i as a joke during Edinburgh Festival when i was like 18 19 Decided it'd be funny if my if I had a weird character trait where it's me trying to get my own nickname off the ground and just anytime anyone says my name I say no 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 call me this and I thought it'd be a funny <laughs> joke and everyone was just would, told me to go fuck myself for the whole month and I was kind of I mean it was my joke so they weren't winning 
um, I swear. And I, I would just, whenever they'd go, oh, Reese, I would go, no, no, call me Rejay, right? As a, <laughs> as a bit of fun, Rejay the boy was the nickname I was going for, which obviously shortened to Reej. Now, everyone took the piss out of me for it, and, but I was taking the piss out of it anyway. By the end of the month, every single person was calling me Reej. And still to this day, loads of people call me Reej. I get called Reej all the time. That's, That's why this festival is hosted in Regent's Park, so that it can be called Reej Fest. And it has the double whammy. <laughs> oh god I, that's we'll be in regent's that's... park reach fest spell it r e j fest uh perfect it couldn't be more perfect you get the location you get the nickname <laughs> it's gonna be one of those the chi- they might just rename the chicken and egg scenario the reach fest regent's park scenario which came, for, which <laughs> yeah, came first yeah. we just don't know it's a bit reach regent's park really, actually. <laughs> really um... it's gonna be hard to top that man how are we how are we spelling that how are we spelling that R E E J Fest, all one word. Okay, cool. Tommy just needs that information right. for the uh, the planning permission when we contact the <laughs> local council. Just also, there's no camping at my festival, so Regent's oh, Park so. close enough. You're a short walk, really, to Buckingham Palace. So hopefully, we can hire out that, <laughs> and people can stay there. Is that big enough? I reckon. It's oh, just maybe about... the... depends how many people you want yeah. in the festival. I mean, it could just literally be you stood in the field, watch like shouting at Colin Murray to get through to the best streets song. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, Colin. I've got to get to Arctic Monkeys on the main stage. Man. Why did I double book this? I'm the only one here. <laughs> you just throw it, throwing one can of uh, dark fruits and missing just constantly asking Colin Murray still, to throw it back. <laughs> still pissing in a cup because I'm stuck in the middle, even though I could easily just get to the toilet and back. You don't want to stand next to the toilets though. So you've still got to get a good distance between the two of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's fair enough. <laughs> this, is, this is probably going to be cut out but I, I do think you could call it jamestown um <laughs> yeah hadn't thought about that and uh reach yeah, jamestown massacre yeah <laughs> it's um so do your your mates like your mates from back home or whatever well from that sort of time still genuinely call you that then no it's more so that was a it was an edinburgh festival thing so it's actually more of a comedy community thing right where, uh though that group of people and slightly beyond call me Reach, and actually yeah because of that just like going on and then me on the internet just referring to myself as Reach all the time and sometimes <laughs> doing it on stage um some mates from school and stuff do it as well not all of them some of them are just like what are you talking about but, <laughs> or they just ignore it they just pretend i don't know what this is there are definitely some who would call me Reach. yeah it's still it's still going strong actually family members call me Reach. it's ridiculous but that's why i thought it was so funny as a character thing <laughs> As like a oh. funny character thing to do, guy who's obsessed with getting a nickname, and it's then really it actually funny. happened. So now it looked like it was all on purpose. I think there's only you and Paul Ince that have successfully managed to get their own nicknames <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and at least you went with something associated with your name rather than just the governor. So fr- Friday, I assume th- we're going Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're not going Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Um, sure. So Friday night, the the trying to follow on from the Arctic Monkeys slash Colin Murray and the Streets. Who who have we gone for? Right, so we've got, basically, what I wanted to have, and I haven't chosen this, I wanted Frank Ocean, but, so I wanted Frank Ocean because he never performs live, and he's sort of this become this weird myth, and he's one of my favourite artists of all time, but he, his songs are too mellow, they're too downbeat, and I just think maybe he just, like, I don't know, I can't imagine what he would do with it on a main stage, and it's just like, I just wonder, people can't really sing along, they can't really get into it. A lot of people won't know the songs. So then I was like, well, if you're going to go that genre and you want someone who's going to put on a show and everyone knows the songs, you kind of have to go Kanye. But we've seen Kanye headline a festival already. 
Exactly. And you are having to be wearing a Jesus is King t-shirt <laughs> with your Arctic Monkeys tattoo. So this is all getting a bit too in. So I haven't gone Kanye because we saw Kanye head on the festival already and it was great, but it's kind of like, okay, I've kind of seen what he would do with it. And I saw him at the era I would want to see him when he had that exact back catalogue before he released Jesus is King. Well, I don't want to see him do that stuff. So what I've gone for is someone who every time I've seen him do a live performance, which isn't very often, but like at the Grammys or some sort of award thing, it's been absolutely mind blowing. Uh, and he is also one of my favorite hip hop artists. And I think he would do something so incredible with a headline set. And that is Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Look inside of my soul and you can find gold and maybe get rich. Look inside of your soul and you can find out it never exists. I can feel the changes. I can feel a new life. I always knew life can be dangerous. I can say that I like a challenge and you to me is painless. You don't know what pain um, is. Kendrick Lamar now doing his whatever his back catalogue is now. He's got all of that to choose from. Loads of people know the worst of those things. I don't think hip hop is the best live genre, but I do think there's certain artists who elevate it to such a point. I think if we're talking visuals wise, we'll have had an evening of Arctic Monkeys doing nothing, just standing there in their jackets just barely singing and strumming a guitar and just looking like oh whatever mate don't care and then you've got kendrick lamar coming in with all this light show all these props costumes and still delivering also just like some pretty punchy messages i am a sinner who's probably gonna sin again lord forgive me lord forgive me things i don't understand sometimes i need to be alone uh, some pretty timely, important messages. I just think it'd be fucking amazing. I mean, I'm sure he has headline festivals, but nothing as big as Rage Fest. So <laughs> I just think he would be such an amazing headliner. And he would, I just think when you're booked as the headliner, you bring something different. And I've only seen what he brought, not as a headliner. So when he finally gets the headline, equivalent of, I'm, yes, that's, that's right, equivalent of the pyramid stage. <laughs> he gets to headline that. I think it would be, I don't know. I think it'd be amazing. I don't know if you're fans of his. I'm a massive fan. He, he was he was um, he was booked to play Glastonbury. Uh, he was going to be the headliner, wasn't he, this year? So oh shit, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's... it would have been yeah. So that's it. Basically, I think I've just I've retained that information and then been disappointed that he wasn't. Not that I was going, but that I would have watched it and then been like, he's going to bring something sort of so brand new to that experience. Well, I think I think James Acaster said it's like the best gig he's ever been to. Like you know, on the on the Dam tour that um, yeah. Where he, he did he did all the you know he did all the lights he did and as you mentioned the award shows he he did it at one of um, I think the Grammys just after he released Dam he did an incredible performance of like a amalgamation of four songs off the album yeah absolutely amazing it's incredible and the visuals for that as well were phenomenal yeah I think yeah I think it would be amazing he um he was supposed to, well he did sorry. He um he co-headlined Reading and Leeds a couple of years ago, and the co-headliner that they put him alongside was Panic at the Disco. So um, wow. you could you could Jeez. have that wow. if you want if you want to get them along. Something for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Something for no one. Uh, I saw Panic at the Disco at Reading when I went when I was sixteen, and they are the only act I saw that got bottled. <laughs> and actually, uh, they were really popular at the time. I was quite into them at the time as well, and yeah. they, they were huge at the time. But they were on the main stage, and people were just like. But it's just always people have been like, fuck this emo shit. I'm just not interested in this like kind of poppy, like it's like musical songs, isn't it? But from an, from an emo perspective. Are you a fan, Johnny? 
of Panic at the No, I dis, uh, don't despise them. It's uh, a very strong word. Um, probably one that's um, completely just uh, in the instance of Panic at the Disco. Um, <laughs> that, I think that was af after I'd uh, graduated from emo by the time that Panic at the Disco and sort of Fallout Boy and the Academy is, and there was they were all on the sort of same label. But I think I'd got, got past. I think I'd moved on to yeah. sort of metalcore and hardcore. Um, moved on to Kill Switch Engage and. Or equally awful uh, metalcore, but um, Ke Kendrick Lamar is it's not someone I know. Obviously, I did personally, um, Tom <laughs> Tommy's obviously a big fan. How did you first like discover him and get into him? Was he one where he was recommended to you? Did you sort of find him off your own bat? I think it was that year that he released Good Kid, Mad City, and then just everyone spoke about nothing but that. I mean, everyone was just talking about that album. It was. I think that was around the time, kind of everyone got twitter uh, it's for me that's like oh, i i remember sort of like i've just joined twitter and kind of like everyone i know has just joined twitter and then all the tweets are about this album so it's like well obviously i've got to listen to this and i was into the genre anyway and then that album i still think is his best album most people disagree i agree um, yeah. but i think it's oh, it's so flawless the album i love damn as well i don't love to pimp a butterfly as much as other people mate which everyone Literally, exact, exact, everything you just said is exactly how I feel about Kendrick Lamar. I promise you. Like, it's considered his greatest album, isn't it? Pimper Butterfly. It's considered like the most mind-blowing album of a generation. It's the most boring. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't have what Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn have. I don't think. But also, I've heard loads of people say you need to listen to it ten times. But that's like the whole. This is a great series, but not until uh, season twelve. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, fuck yeah. it. I'm not watching it then. What are yeah. you talking about? I mean, I was, about, I was about to say, I don't have time for that. But I mean, I do have time for it. I just don't have the will <laughs> to do yeah. that. My, my brother wrote his dissertation on that album. On, and he's not even as big a hip-hop head as me. But he's his favourite Kendrick album is that one. I feel like, I don't know, I feel if you're more of a hip-hop head, um, for me, and in terms of especially references back to great 90s hip-hop and stuff, Good Kid, Mad City is by far the best yeah. one. Is this, um, yeah, I'd love it if he, if he were to favour that and... I don't know if do I get to pick these artists set list as well? Yeah. Because if he favors that, if he favors that and damn with a couple of bangers from the Pimp Butterfly to please the baying mob, then fine. <laughs> but I want mostly, yeah, I'm mostly good kid Mad City and Damn to be put out there. I got I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle though. Flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, this one like this. Immaculate conception, not transformed like this, performed like this. Was you a new weapon? Is every headliner on yours on a strict two album limit? Um. <laughs> no, actually, the third one isn't. But uh, I, I mean, I just wanted I wanted hip hop to be represented on this, and I went with Kendrick for those reasons. I said there's loads of artists that would also be great that aren't just basically aren't big enough. So like there'd be a, I would have a second stage on this one too that may, mostly favors hip hop, which would be like uh, No Name, and oh yeah, Scissor and uh, like Tierra Wack. I'd love to see what Tierra Wack would do. She's it's mad. Her music is mad. Um, I don't know what she would do. I don't know if you've heard that album, Tierra. No, Wack, I was like, I was I was about to say I've, I love No Name and Scissor. I've seen Scissor live, but um, never genuinely never heard of Tierra Wack. Tierra Wack has an album. All the songs are like. Uh, it's kind of there's like comedy elements to it. It's not a comedy album, but it's really chilled. You, you will realize that you've heard T a couple of Tierra Wack songs played on so many TV shows, so right. many sitcoms, American sitcoms use a couple of her songs. 
but it's weirdly it's like a lot of the songs kind of like start get to the middle and then it just goes to the next track they're like 40 seconds long and it's like when amazon used to let you sample an album <laughs> when they had cds it'd be like or like the, when digital downloads first came out and you could press play on a track and it would give you 40 seconds of the song it's basically like tierra whack has just done that for a whole album so it's really short but it's great the music's great and i think she'd do something wacky as shit and then like i'd put like tyler the creator on that second stage and like yeah. people like that sick um but yeah, that would be the hip hop day, essentially. Are there any other like radio slash uh, TV presenters from the early to mid two thousands you want to join them on the on the second stage? Colin Murray's still yeah. on Five Live, actually. By the way, he's he's back. Colin Murray's back, <laughs> bouncing back. Um, I think I'm gonna have um, just for when um, Scissor is running late. I think I'm gonna have Cat Dealey step in <laughs> and try and pick up the pieces, if that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> i'm gonna photoshop yeah, that and, or something later and cat dealy if you don't mind not singing it because um bit of, <laughs> let's have a bit of cultural sensitivity shall we let's uh <laughs> let's actually let's consider what we're doing here, it's 2020 we? all right cat um, come on <laughs> <laughs> just fill the time with comparing uh, you it's know weird this like. podcast isn't it because obviously because you can pick anyone living or dead obviously you should just pick david bowie and you should pick oasis but they're together and happy but it does feel mad to it feels mad to not pick them but but I would feel worse to pick them because I don't. Uh, obviously, I think they're both incredible, but I don't know. <laughs> um, also, funnily enough, and I, I can't believe I even forgot this when you said Kendrick Lamar. I've also got a Kendrick Lamar tattoo. So <laughs> no way. I mean, yeah. what is this? Is this a magic trick? Are you doing a Darren Brown thing? Everyone, I say you. Okay, I tell you what. I I guarantee you do not have a tattoo of my third headline. <laughs> I mean, I if, guarantee. If, it, if it's girls allowed, then this is going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> Love girls allowed, mate. I've seen girls allowed live. Thank you very much. I have twice. For... <laughs> <laughs> but this, this, honestly, everything you've said so far, it's just like kind of been freaking me out a bit. So it's just you and you and Tommy at Reach Fest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stood, stood like opposite ends of the th the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of us can watch the streets while the other one watches uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, day three, right? Now I feel like this one I'm going to have to I'm going to have some explaining to do. But festival headliner, particularly headlining the whole festival night three, you need someone with the back catalogue to really give everyone a rounding up of the week like uh, uh, to have this moment where everyone kind of knows the words they've got a mix of upbeat songs and slow songs that you want to link arms to and sway um that's just me and you remember because we're the only ones there um, <laughs> they need to have the stagecraft of a front man they need to have experience in the tank of someone who knows how to carry a gig and they need to happen to be one of the best-selling artists of a generation. And that is why my day three headliner is Robbie Williams. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Robbie Williams Fucking is the show. ultimate headliner. He's the old, he's, he's Mr. Headliner. Also, he has to be day three, because how do you end every night out by singing Angels with your mates? 
right, with your arms in the air. So he just closed, as long as he closes on angels, the whole festival, that, what, what a perfect end to an experience with your friends. Only, you only want him to sing songs from uh, Life Through a Lens and sing I mean, when you're winning. I mean, to be fair, Life Through a Lens. <laughs> Life Through a Life Through a Lens is the best album of all time. So yes, <laughs> I do want him to sing mostly songs from Life Through a Lens. He needs to sing Hot Fudge. Not many people know that song, but it's one of the greatest. It's an absolutely sensational song. Um, Tell us Life about, what, Lens. what are some of the lyrics of uh, Hot Fudge? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, are they, wait, oh. I need to get the tune in my head. and I could, I could do the whole song if I get the tune in my head. So it starts with, um, Queen, Queen bitch, eat, eat the rich. I'm on the seventh course today. <laughs> done the worst, you won't find the first. I've done most of LA. I can find you a... Uh, wait, um... Done most. I can find you a surgeon 24 hours a day. Call a Jean Genie, your big left meanie. You're about to be blown away. <laughs> Come on, sing it. Take me to the place where the sunshine flows. <laughs> I think we're gonna have rights issues if you if you do. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't keep going because also oh, I keep getting wrong. Brilliant. But I want Robbie Williams to to headline uh, day three. I think he's the perfect. Would you have Rude Box? Any of that? Rock DJ certainly. Um, Rude Box? Yeah, why not? You can do Rude Box. He can do what he wants. In fact, Robbie can do what he wants. I'm not going to tell him what to do. Have you? Um, are we going to have anything from any of his swing albums? yes absolutely yeah. i nearly picked genuinely when you when i knew you can pick someone dead i nearly thought well let's see what frank sinatra will be like headlining a festival <laughs> for a not just a laugh but a bit of a laugh but also i love i love that genre of music i thought i'll get the rat pack and i can't say them as an honorable mention because i can't relegate the rat pack to a second stage while robbie williams <laughs> is on the <laughs> main stage bring in bring in what well, robbie williams is covering them on the main <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Williams doing Mac the Knife while Dean Martin does it on a different stage. Um, yeah, also it's just like, imagine bringing them back from the dead to go, no, 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 you're on, a, you're on this one. <laughs> it's oh waste. Who's, who's, on, who's on the main stage? Elvis? Uh, oh, don't, worry about no, it. don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> Probably oh. best you don't look. Um, but yeah, it'd be Robbie Williams. It's got to be Robbie Williams. Uh, great. One of the greatest artists of all time. I agree. Oh god! I have a lot of, of genuine, genuine affection for Robbie Williams, and um, I think it's because most of my music taste uh, comes from a very like brief ten ten minute window almost of my sister's music taste when she was younger, which is like when she listened to a bit of Pearl Jam, a bit of Nirvana, and stuff like that. But my sister's favorite artist of all time is Robbie Williams, so I think I've just sort of. Well, she's correct from her <laughs> we listened it reminds me of life through a lens reminds me of my dad's car it was always on in my dad's car and we did like a road trip uh in america when we were younger and it was just always on that and red hot chili peppers californication were just always yes. on and uh so we all know my whole family knows all the words to most Roy williams songs and also my um father-in-law so not technically my father-in-law but my brother's father-in-law which i think makes it my father-in-law given that my brother's dad is my dad um <laughs> My brother's dad-in-law is my dad-in-law. Then he <laughs> took he he's a, a well-known photographer. He did the cover of Life Through a Lens. He took the photo, um, wow. so it means so much to the whole family. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! I um, have a r really strong memory of Robbie Williams appearing on um, TFI Friday uh, way back when, and he did. Uh, I hope I'm old before I die. But he changed one of the lyrics to "I hope I live to receive Channel 5. and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, that is exactly." He's got the charisma. He's got the confidence to riff. I don't know if you've heard him on the Horn Section podcast recently. He was absolutely exceptional. <laughs> it was it? beyond belief. Yeah, he's and they sang a cover. They Horn Section did uh, a song with him. I think they did "Angels." 
together and like changed it. It was a bit more upbeat and it was so good. Check it out. I mean, he came on Five Live as well recently and did a, he, he did a Scott Mills and Chris Stark Saturday program and he just he made up this mad song live on air and it was like but it's like two hours two hours of the best radio I've ever heard. Like it's just him being an absolute Joker. Exactly. I mean, oh God. I considered I'll tell you what I considered in the in the run up to picking Robbie Williams. It was always gonna be Robbie Williams, really, but I kind of wanted to squeeze a couple of other things in. So for a while I was just gonna go bold and make my third day the headline set is just a uh, screening of England v Colombia from the 2018 World Cup. Places the ball on the spot. And England win on penalties. History in itself for this new team, new territory. The last eight of the World Cup and who knows where beyond there. Oh, penalty shootout yeah. included because it was the time we were all happiest. Um, Amazing. I also want Vampire Weekend represented somewhere in this festival. Uh, but I, I really love Vampire Weekend, especially the latest album which is quite controversial for any vampire weekend fans but that's no, very good seeing them live and it's good but it's not like it's a bit it's just really solid like they don't really do anything i think vampire weekend are like a, a midway through the afternoon sort of festival exactly band. yeah there's too chilled and he's again ezra koenig he's like a bit static yeah so it's just a bit pointless and then the other one is jamie t i really want jamie t in there somewhere but he's such a second stage headliner he's Definitely. the epitome of second stage headliner jamie t and actually he's the he's i saw him headline the second stage when i went to reading when i was 16 and he was the best person i saw all festival and he'd only done that first album at that point Sheila goes out with her mate stella it gets poured all over a fella because she says man he ain't no better then the next man kicking up us drunk she stumbles down by your river screams calling london none of us heard her coming i guess the carpet weren't rolling every time i've seen him live he just basically speeds up all his songs so he just plays his song it's like when you watch youtube at double speed yeah jamie t yeah. is just doing that with his own album when he does it live and the, i mean it's pretty dark fruits twitter actually jamie t fans and those sped up yeah. things. Like it's, a bit <laughs> it's a bit rowdy and lively but it's so good he's a genius though like lyrically he's, he's absolutely incredible from the cottage to the gringo anytime she sing a song that other girls sing along and tell all the fellas that the lady is single pick away a tickle on my young man's team she's up for doing what she like any day more like the night she drives and the and the songs are bangers like you say yeah yeah, yeah. but um i was thinking is this I can't remember if I, so I've been watching Black AF on Netflix and then I Googled because I've like, I've got a crush on Rashida Jones basically. Her and her and Ezra Cohen are together. Married. Yeah. yeah what yeah. the I didn't know that till the other day. Yeah, man. Some, they, they've both done well. That's some couple that. <laughs> yeah, incredible power couple. Um and I was then I was gonna say, has any of you guys seen Robbie live? Because I, I saw him spontaneously on the day got my ticket off a tout um i not long finished uni so i was skin i was working in the bookies and my sisters were going so like meet us up for a drink before it's a beautiful day and we like our like like yours our family love robbie and they're massive take that fans they're old older than me and they said just get in a taxi we'll see what we can do went up to a tout they both paid 70 80 quid for their ticket they'd had them since christmas and they just charm on the tights. Got a ticket for fifteen quid at the Etihad, so and he was support, supported by Ollie Murs. And then it was just me, twenty-two-year-old me, surrounded by women like in their thirties, forties, fifties, literally just 
crying, screaming. It was, but it's also one of the top five gigs of all time that I've been to. Amazing. I haven't seen him live, but I did um, <laughs> once on holiday uh, with my girlfriend. I remember that I was, we went home, we were just like a bit tired and we'd like been for dinner. And then I was like, oh, can we just go home? So we just went back to the Airbnb. And within 10 minutes, I was just making her watch um, him perform B-sides at Nebworth. <laughs> His YouTube videos of Robbie B-sides sung live at Nebworth from 12 years ago. <laughs> Pathetic. I haven't seen Robbie live, but it would be amiss of me not to mention that one of the greatest things that Robbie Williams has ever done, which is uh, found Soccer Aid. Um, so I've seen Robbie Williams play football uh, three or four times. Um, that he's, counts. Yeah, he's there pretty go, good. Pretty something. good left back, uh, Robbie. Um, and I've seen Ollie Murs play football, obviously. And uh, Jonathan Wilkes is good friend. Jonathan Wilkes play football. <laughs> Nearly have a fight with Edgar Davids. So I think there's only one. <laughs> Jonathan one. Wilkes. Jonathan Wilkes is no one's benefited from Robbie's success like Jonathan Wilkes. <laughs> the first exactly. single. The first single I ever bought was a Jonathan Wilkes single, actually. Honestly, are you serious? <laughs> I was about <laughs> seven, I think. It was, it, it Don't was... tell me you've got a Jonathan Wilkes tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bought it was like, like the same day. I think I bought like Oasis, Go Let It Out, Who Let the Dogs Out, and uh, Jonathan Wilkes. Um, I can't remember the fucking song, now, but yeah, it was three for ten at Smiths. Three for ten at Smiths. That was it. One of the first, play. one of the first singles I bought was Richard Blackwood. So. Uh... <laughs> We love you, RB. We check you every day on MTV. Yeah, I think one, two, three, <laughs> one, two, three, four. Get with the wicked. Um, Can I get a ooh, ooh, chicks get with it? Can I get a what, what, fellas? You know, RB runs the show. Great song. Um, it's a great song. What I think are you my, doing? Here? I think my first one. <laughs> yeah, I think my first one was um, "Sweet Like Chocolate Boy," Shanks and Bigfoot. Oh yeah, was a good. I had that on a now CD. Uh, Absolute garage banger. <laughs> Still a banger because I like I've been I've been listening to a lot of that during lockdown, just loads of UK garage and like and I've been watching a lot of people just do nothing, listen to a lot of UK garage. Massive tune that. Amazing song. It's, I mean, it's no uh, it's no Richard Blackwood, but well, who is? <laughs> I'm very few things are. Yeah, get him out with Robbie. Would you have any of take that? Come on with Robbie. Nah, no, thank you. <laughs> Next, no, thank you. Not interested. I don't mind if Robbie can sing a couple of Take That songs if he wants, but no, get rid. No, don't collaborate with them. Kylie oh. can come out. Oh, good point, kids. Yeah. She can come out. I don't want, yeah, but no, none of that nonsense. What would be your go-to Robbie karaoke song? Um, Hot Fudge, man. <laughs> he's already, <laughs> already, he's already shown that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Honestly, if you're listening to this now, pause it, go and search out Hot Fudge, and listen to it it will make you happy it's one of the most joyous songs in the world it's, it's a phenomenal song no one knows it but it's absolutely sensational i'm typing it in now to listen to after this my favorite robbie song is um it's only us which was the double a side with she's the one and yeah it was on fifa 2000 i think and they want us to grow up but we don't want to get a job I remember when he released Sexed Up as a double A side with um, 
Uh, it was a really similar. It was like almost identically titled to Sexed Up, and it was bizarre that he released both, and they were fantastic. Is it Come Undone? And also the maybe it was Come on Uh That was off the same album when he did the. He didn't he do the Escapologist? The Escapologist, and he had that mad front cover. And also, of course, we can't forget the rock DJ video. Oh. Which was only shown after 10 p.m. on the box oh. because he takes his muscles off. My, uh, <laughs> when I did GCSE, GCSE history, one of the lessons my uh, history teacher just, you know, you know, when you used to get the CD and it would have the video on it if you put it in a computer, she just put, uh. she just put that on for us uh, while we were studying like the history of medicine. I don't know if, uh, I suppose he's. Wow, I understand it in biology, but <laughs> history. <laughs> I remember it was a thing that was talked about at school. It was like, I stayed up last night past 10 to watch the box and like it didn't come on. It was so annoying. And then pe- like people claiming I saw it. I've seen it. I know what happened. I've seen it. It's like a big disgust. <laughs> the thing that sticks to me from that video is like, I'm sure he's wearing a tiger print thong. Is he? Am I imagining yeah, that? When he pulls his pants I don't know, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you got like content block on your internet. Yeah, exactly. Next time you and your girlfriend go on holiday, when you go back to the Airbnb, stick a bit of uh, Rock DJ video yeah, exactly. on. on someone else's Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's how to do it. Private browsing. Um, well, I, I can, I mean, wow, that is incredible lineup. It's going to be hard to top, I think. I'm fully on board with, very much on board with, I, I know we started this off by saying, by uh, Tommy saying that I'm into metal and stuff, but I'm so on board with Robbie Williams being a part of this from every yeah, British I'm surprised it's the first, am I the first person to pick Robbie Williams? Yeah. First of many, I hope. First of many, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure he'll come up a lot. So, Regefest, it is being held at Regent's Park and we're all going to stay, well, it's just going to be me and Reese, and we're going to stay at Buckingham Palace, no camping. So Thursday night, first night, we have got Arctic Monkeys, but only the first two albums. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. And Favourite Worst Nightmare. On the other stage, you've got Colin Murray filling in for Mike Skinner of the Street. <laughs> on the... <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Maybe they can do half a set each, because we would actually like to see the streets i think wouldn't we yeah half uh, each yeah that's fair yeah h- half each uh friday night we've got kendrick lamar doing everything except maybe a bit less of uh to pimp a butterfly some more of the bangers that are on dam and good kid mad city at the other stage we've got a kind of hip-hop stage so no name scissor tyler creator and who is it the other one you said cat De- tierra whack oh tierra i was whack, gonna say cat yeah. dealy <laughs> Oh, Cat. Of course, Cat Dealey. Cat Dealey and Scissor. Cat Dealey and Scissor, yeah. <laughs> and um, Saturday night, to finish off the festival, we've got the incomparable legend, national treasure that, I mean, every British person would probably agree with, should be headlining any festival at any time, Mr. Robbie Williams. And on the second stage, we have Dark Fruits, very own Jamie T. But that's no offense to Jamie T, because we love Jamie T. Reach Fest at Regent's Park, what a festival. And are we closing out the festival with Angels? Absolutely we are, of course we are. That would be a- um, but just before, because Angels will be the encore, and just to fill in while we wait for Robbie to come back, while he builds up enough hype, Dave Benson Phillips will come on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and just fill in in the meantime. Wow. Rhys James, uh, Reach Fest, uh, thank you very much. I look forward to seeing Dave Benson Phillips do a rendition of uh let me entertain you thank you thank you very much cheers mate
so that was Reese James's Reach Fest at Regent's Park. Um, would you would you go to it? I think we touched on it a bit that basically you've got exactly the same music taste as Reef Games. So I think you'd be the first one in the queue to buy a ticket there, Tommy. Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. I might I might have a peruse. I, I might. I mean, I think we we kind of agreed at some point in there that it would just be me and him at different parks of in different parts of uh, Buckingham Palace or Regent's Park or wherever we kind of end up staying. I might just get a day ticket for the Robbie Williams day, to be honest. Mainly for, <laughs> mainly for Dave Benson Phillips above everybody else. What about the streets in Colin Murray, though? I've seen it before, so I'm not that bothered about uh, seeing Colin Murray in the streets again. I was there for the um, for the debut for the debut performance of that. So I've you suggested it. it, I suppose, didn't you? Yeah, so... I, know, I know firsthand how good it uh, how good it was. So I don't, <laughs> I don't really need to see it again. Let everyone let everyone enjoy it that hasn't seen it before. Um, I'm just there for Robbie and. Uh, Dave Benson Phillips, DB, DBP. You know what? It's, it is genuinely going to be hard to, because he has probably my favorite, my favorite guitar band in there, probably my favorite rapper in there, and then probably my favorite pop act in there. Genuinely, like look, looking at it now, as our first episode, that is a strong, strong start for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree, but I'm, I'm only agreeing for Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> You're indifferent. I mean, You're indifferent about most things. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably. I hope, hopefully they'll get better from here. I want to go to more festivals. On the verge of changing my mind that festivals can actually be good. <laughs> slagging, off, slagging off our first guest already. <laughs> Start as you mean to go on. If you enjoyed our podcast with Reese James, you can listen to his podcast, which we touched on at the start, which is early work. You can follow him on Twitter at Reese Jamesy with a little Y at the end. You can follow us on Twitter at Your Fest Podcast, and you can follow us on Instagram under the same handle. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Gabriel, and you can follow Tommy on Twitter at Tom Andrew Stu. Tom Andrew Stu on Twitter and Instagram. Don't follow me on Instagram; it's not worth doing. And, <laughs> and we'll be back again with another podcast next Monday. Um, in the meantime, if you subscribe, give us a follow on Twitter and give us a nice five-star review. It really helps us get out the charts, makes us bother those bigger podcasts with bigger name guests um, and bigger presenters than me and Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.